This episode of After Work Drinks is brought to you by our friends at Ultraviolet. What is that you're drinking, Izzy? This is a spicy mezcal margarita, which is, as you know, my summer beverage of choice. Very nice. I'm sipping on a stone cold glass of rosé, very much wishing we were by the beach in Australia right about now. Me too, but New Zealand, we may not be able to enjoy the perfect down under summer, but you, our angelic listeners are, and alongside our friends at Ultraviolet, we're bringing you six weeks of chocker full of fantastic summer content. So you can have a very ultra summer on our behalf. As you've no doubt heard us mention many, many times by now, Ultraviolet is our favorite sunscreen brand on the planet. They've completely transformed sunscreen by making a formula that looks and feels like skincare. So you can protect your skin every day without clogging your pores or lugging around a big, ugly, greasy tube. After the crazy old year that we have all had, Ultraviolet wants you to kick back and enjoy a well-earned break, spending this summer living your very best, very ultra life. So you might be wondering what it means to be very ultra and basically it's the next step up from extra. It's walking an extra 15 minutes to go to the coffee shop that serves the brand of oat milk you like, guilty as charged, or spending an unreasonable amount of money on a birthday cake that matches the exact shade of your mint green sequin dress. Grace, guilty as charged. It's also taking a whole afternoon to yourself to read a book about an issue you're passionate about or spending a bit more money to buy from brands whose values you align with or, um, in my case, using a whole roll of film in one night just so you can upload the one cute photo you think you got on your vintage camera to Instagram. That's very ultra, even, like buying a film camera for the Insta aesthetic. For the gram. I know I can't upload any other photos now. I've got myself (laughs) stuck in this hole. You're trapped in the aesthetic. (laughs) So basically, being very ultra is about being an AWD girl. It's being full of substance while also being a little bit silly with a little touch or more than a touch of chaos added to the mix. And so because we all know you embody the very ultra lifestyle so perfectly, we'd also love to hear from you. Please send us through a voice note to hello at afterworkdrinks.net with your very best ultra moment. And each week we'll play our favorite in the episode. Plus, if your voice note gets played, you'll get sent a special gift pack from Ultraviolet on us. And just because we love you, you also get an exclusive discount code that works for the entire summer up until February 28th. All you need to do is enter AWD10 at the checkout at ultraviolet.com.au for 10% off your order on anything except for limited edition sets. One use per person and not available with other offers. Thanks again for listening to this episode of After Work Drinks. Hello, Grace. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you, doll? You know, same old, pretty good, pretty bored. <laughs> <laughs> Not much going on our neck of the woods, but that's okay because yep. got a really exciting episode for you guys this week. It is very sadly... The last of our very ultra summer. Yeah, but we're ending on such a high note. So this week we're talking to someone who completely encompasses what it means to be very ultra. And that is the incredible AJ Clementine. Yes. So when AJ was in high school, she started blogging and YouTubing about her experience transitioning. Something she was spurred on to do after realizing how little education and conversation there is for young trans kids. 
AJ's following has now grown to over 136,000 on Instagram, while on TikTok she is a sensation with a whopping 830,000 followers and her videos are routinely viewed by millions of people. AJ uses her platform to inform people about the trans experience while being hilarious, trolling people's silly questions, going on chat roulette on YouTube and telling random strangers that she's trans to see their reaction and bringing in her boyfriend Ryan to joke about everything from meeting the parents for the first time to dealing with people trying to slide into each other's DMs and steal the other person. We speak to AJ about what it feels like to share so much of herself with millions of people worldwide, how the media informed her perception of being trans before she'd even realized she was trans, the high school teacher that had a huge and lasting impact on her life, and what it's like to have people on the internet completely stand your relationship. Yeah, we absolutely loved this conversation. AJ is incredible. Um, Please follow her on Instagram or TikTok if you are so inclined, Um, like I now am. going to be in a black hole for the rest of the day Um, (laughs) because, yeah, she's she's really hilarious and she also does makeup really well. Yeah, she's incredibly beautiful and, yeah, her video is, like, mesmerizing and we love her. Yeah, I'm going to start a TikTok account today for my beauty tutorials. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to our very ultra summer series uh, with Ultraviolet. We've had such an amazing response. We loved all of your very ultra submissions and we're sorry we couldn't pick all of you. We hope that these interviews have been a little bit of a ray of light during a crazy time um, and that they've made your summer a lot more enjoyable. Yes, and if you haven't listened to all of them, we implore you to go back and listen. Um, some of the, a few of our guests you may or may not be across, but as you know, with all of our interviews, we handpick everyone because they're incredible and um, really smart and boundary pushing and interesting. So we implore you to go back and listen to more of us, basically. Exactly. And so from next week onwards, as we mentioned a few weeks to months ago, but you'd be forgiven for forgetting, we're going to be switching up and doing our episodes on Saturdays now. So that we don't have to get drunk on a Monday anymore. Yeah, it's just not, it's, it's not conducive with our lifestyle to be... <laughs> <laughs> hammered on a Monday martini drunk on a Monday so um, yeah from next week this, so you won't have one on Wednesday sorry we're going to make up for it on Saturday yay yay love you guys okay boy love you bye lovely to chat sorry if we're um, a bit bleary eyed it's morning in London oh that's so good <laughs> Yeah, this time difference is such a nightmare. How are you going? Are you in Sydney or Melbourne? I'm in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's um really nice weather today and um it's been a mix. Like Melbourne's crazy, like we're in summer, but it's been like winter the past couple of days, and then we randomly had like a thirty seven degree like hot day. And then we're just like, what? And now it's back to like winter kind of weather again. It's like Melbourne's kind of like London as well, where when it's a hot day, you're like I love this, but I don't know what to do because this is like, you can't really go to the beach, really. It's like yeah. St Kilda, but it's not that fab. Yeah, exactly. Like Ryan's from the UK and he um, said that Melbourne's like London, but with a bit more sun, like the weather. 
was very much the same. <laughs> Which is a very good mix. Um, so how is your year so far? We're now nearly a month into 2021. Are you like a New Year's resolutions person? Did you keep them? <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, not really. I've never set resolutions for myself ever. I tried to maybe once in high school, but I've always just went into the year doing the best that I can and never really put expectations for myself and just really winged it. <laughs> That's a really good way to be. I feel like we're finding this month really hard because we, I don't know, January just feels, January just feels very stressful. Agreed. There's, I think there's so much pressure on January as like a month in general, because it's just like you expect it to give you all the answers from the previous year when it's just like, it's just another month. <laughs> Yeah, and then I guess because you, you don't make New Year's resolutions, but one of my New Year's resolutions is to be on my phone less and be on social media less. But I guess that's kind of like would be hard for you to even monitor your time on a platform like that because that's your job. How have you kind of navigated that? I guess it's something that I put onto like the people around me to kind of make me realize to be a bit more present so if it's a situation where like Ryan's wanting to spend time with me or it's with my family I just usually switch off and just automatically not feel like I need to be on my phone but I don't treat what I do really as work because I've loved it since the beginning and when I did actually do social media as work that transition from doing it for somebody else and then actually doing it for yourself creates this sense of you're just creating for the fun of it and for the creativity of what you're doing instead of doing it for somebody else so when I do kind of get worked up and just on my phone it's usually it's usually down to if I'm just like stuck in a few hour kind of replying to comments or replying to dms and then I'm kind of exhausted from that but then usually someone in my life will tell me okay that's enough now you don't need to reply to everybody you're only human and that's kind of where I draw the line but I guess yeah Otherwise, I'm pretty good when it comes to just stopping from continuously scrolling or all those kind of things that make you stay on the app for a long time, especially with TikTok, where you just keep on scrolling through your For You page. Oh my God, TikTok. <laughs> and you just don't know where to end, especially when you're like, one more video, one more video, and you kind of look for that one more video to make you laugh, just something to make you click in your head. Mm. But I guess I'm kind of gotten better with time like obviously at the beginning of doing TikTok I was so bad and I just would spend a whole day just scrolling but yeah I guess it's just one of those things that do take better with time. So you started on YouTube when you're in high school um what was the kind of what were you watching that inspired you to start your own account and then what was the process of like feeling comfortable with putting videos out there because it's kind of a scary thing to do when you're still so young. Yeah, I agree. It was around the time when parodies on YouTube were really at its peak and 
people were making like music videos. There wasn't really much of copyright back then when it was just YouTube was fresh and new. So I was really inspired by those kind of things. And I started like YouTube channel just making like artsy like kind of videos. I got like my first camera and was just filming anything that really inspired me, whether it was like my friends or just like nature outside and was editing that to like music and was like slowly introducing myself in the videos. I wasn't like overly confident or liked how I looked on screen. Obviously when you're at the beginning of your transition, it's very difficult to see yourself. So I was mostly using like my little sister as like my main subject and just really letting my creativity go free. And yeah, around that that time, I was actually on like a collab channel, which was called like Artsy Collab. And you, each day you create like a new video, but you all are assigned a day. So if you're Monday, then you need to post a video on that Monday with the, the theme, keeping in mind of like a theme each week. And yeah, like during high school, I really enjoyed that to take my mind out of school and just do a video work on a video each week and it really helped build my skills to where I am now as well like I knew that not many people were watching the videos but I was doing it to add to something I felt like it was adding to something within me for whatever was leading to me in the future, if that makes sense. And speaking of high school, I would love it if you could just tell us a little bit about um, the interaction you had with a teacher in high school that you've said before had a really profound impact on your life. Yeah, of course. I I was probably like, I was 16 or 15 around the time. And my English teacher actually showed me a like news article of Kim Petras, who at the time was 16 and went through gender confirmation surgery. And it was just so new to me and I didn't know that that was actually a thing. So the fact that he pushed that boundary to give me some information, seeing as I was just maybe a bit more held back and was reserved and he probably saw something within me I was just so surprised because the only knowledge I had around that time was that it was something that wasn't talked about and it was taboo and being trans was on like the deep dark web and it wasn't really desirable it wasn't accessible it wasn't scene and seeing Kim Petras being shown in the news and seeing that she lives a successful life especially now that she's like a pop star it didn't yeah it was it was something that really switched me on to believe that maybe there is trans people out there just like me and it's not what people are telling you is who you are because also around that time the hangover 2 the hangover movie part two just came out and i remember vividly the scene where one of the guys 
vomited after having an interaction with a trans woman and being a teenage girl and watching that scene I remember I watched it over and over and over again trying to analyze why and it just stuck with me and I just had this internalized transphobia because of it it just added to that hatred of being like no I can't be this because this is how the world will see me this is how guys are going to interact if you come out as trans because it's disgusting and I had to relearn to change that and that simple just that simple gesture from my English teacher at the time added to that sense of healing from those those thoughts I had about who I was um firstly I'm just so sorry that that happened to you me and Izzy did a big segment on the podcast when disclosure came out and it was just so um shocking to us I guess to see how common that trope is in movies and how it's in um tv shows and films that are marketed to children as well it's really kind of insidious and gross and obviously has such a horrible impact both on how trans kids perceive their own identity and then how the rest of the world thinks they can treat um trans people so yeah awful um we wanted to talk quickly we interviewed kath ebbs on our podcast recently and we talked to her about this kind of push that she's spearheading to make uh, sex education in australia queer inclusive and we just love to hear from you um what a difference you think it maybe would have made to you and your own journey um, to have had inclusive sex education from a young age. I feel like, especially around when you are a teen and you're coming into yourself, it's so important to have not only the not only the education that you're finding online, but that reassurance that you're finding it in your day-to-day life as well because as much as I've seen and just like interacted with the young people today and how they've connected and the internet has brought them closer together, there's still so much work to be done in schools when it comes to the education. But once again, it is so much better because even my um, sister Kiki, she says that they learn about queer and LGBTQI plus people in school, which to me, if I had that, that would have changed so much of like how my path of self-discovery would have been amped up a bit or just a bit more self-aware of the reasons why I felt the way that I did. Because with that lack of knowledge, it can easily turn into anger or negative feelings or emotions towards whether people project them onto other people or they project it onto themselves. And especially around that time, it would do so much more, it would do so much more good than anything because young people will not only have a bit more empathy for themselves, but they will have empathy for their peers who are in the LGBTQI plus community. Yeah, exactly. It's so important. Um, and, and I guess as well, like thinking about it, like everything you would be watching is probably quite American centric or overseas. And so you're mm-hmm. this young teenager in like Melbourne, Australia, just think, feeling like everything's a world away and no one, there's no one around you that would understand. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like just the, 
the general knowledge of people understanding gender and sexuality as well. Like there's just that that gate between both of them and people just don't understand it, especially the older generations. But as much as the younger generations are being more educated because of the internet, having that in school, especially learnt at younger ages would just be more, it would remove so much ignorance and be able to have people be more human towards other people. Yeah. And as you say, it's like people getting educated on the internet, but that's people who are looking for it. So like you say Mm -hmm. that everyone else in the classroom who isn't um, queer or don't have queer friends or family and who aren't looking for it, they're getting taught that it's okay from like day dot, which yeah, it would change everything. Um, a lot of the content that you do is like a really vulnerable, honest look into the highs and lows of your experience transitioning. Um, could you just tell us what it felt like to share your experience so publicly with so many people and kind of how you decided that you were ready to do that? Yeah, I worked up a lot of courage when I was actually in high school to start documenting my transition on YouTube to begin with first when I took that transition from doing lighthearted artsy kind of videos to wanting to make them more about me and at first it was just more so about it there's nothing out there and I didn't have that so if I documented it imagine that as a resource for another trans girl who is looking for that because I was trying to look for it so I kind of removed my insecurities and how I felt it would be received and the hate that I potentially would get and put that aside and just thought if I could use this, if I could use me as like a physical thing and someone else could take that and make their life a bit better, then I felt like that was going to make me happy with who I was and my life at the end of the day. So from that point and from being 17 to now, I've built on that and have continuously grown to a point where I'm comfortable with my story, if that makes sense. Like I'm not as touchy or I get a bit like closed up or vulnerable because I've learned to overcome each part of it because I was kind of ready. I was kind of preparing myself to speak about it and I guess people most people will just close a book on certain chapters of their life and just be like I won't need to touch that ever again but for me I found a way to touch on it again and try and portray it in a way that makes me feel better about it and also somehow help other people with it too and which is why TikTok was a perfect platform for that being able to summarize certain situations or experiences I have in a humorous or emotional or just any kind of way in a short amount of time and and that's basically what I did and I just felt like it just each time it made me feel closer and more united with each with each story that happened so it didn't really feel like I was being vulnerable anymore which people will see that it is 
vulnerable to be able to do those kind of things but because I've done it for so long it's still vulnerable but it's not as intense as it was at the beginning. We're going to take a very quick break here to hear from the winner of this week's very ultra moment. Hi ladies, love the podcast. Um, So my ultra moment was spending the last of my Centrelink youth allowance that was supposed to go to food for the next two weeks on a pair of Prada shoes. They were secondhand, but still, it means I'm eating two-minute noodles for the next two weeks. Um, But totally worth it because they're fabulous. And you must have been really motivated by hearing um, some of your fans and followers sharing either how you've changed their lives or stories of like support with you. What were some of the kind of memorable interactions you've had with members of your community? One moment that really stands out is actually a DM that I received from someone's mother. It was like a pretty decent paragraph about how she is just so happy that her trans daughter can now grow up with visibility and seeing her trans daughter point at one of the posters that um, I was featured in and to be like, that can be me one day or that is me. And just hearing that really placed that sense of this is why I did this. Just like what I said before, it was just if this didn't end up being anything, I just felt like if it could just help one person, then I would feel okay at the end of the day because just reaching people and just showing that we are existing in this world and we've always been here was my main goal. And to undo those negative misconceptions of how the media has betrayed us before or people have talked about word of mouth of how they believe trans people to be and all just the all the misinformation as well and just to backtrack and change that because yeah it was it was needed and that message really did show me that things are changing and I get to be a part of that change. And that's amazing as well, because I guess um, what you're doing is so important, obviously, for young trans kids. But like you say, their parents, so many parents probably need these tools of education because these parents have grown up with these same messed up, ingrained ideas. And like a lot of the time, parents can be the worst bullies of trans kids or the biggest like... uh, yeah, hurdle to overcome can be acceptance from their own parents. So is that something that um, you kind of have talked to your own followers about helping them through an experience like that? Yeah, I definitely know, like for a fact that parents of trans kids, the sadly the suicide rate of parents that don't accept their trans kids are just so much more higher than parents who do accept their kids. And as sad as it is, it's it's something that I like to remind my followers if they do feel like their environment is so in, like suffocating or they believe that wherever they currently are, it's not going to change or that there's not going to be people that are going to love and accept them because 
if the people that you're surrounded by or your family don't accept you, then they're simply just not truly understanding your, they're not, they're not truly being able to empathize with you. And it's sad because they're not, they grew up or they've got other kind of misconceptions of what, how they believe you to be, but that's not truly you. And there is people, no matter if you haven't actually seen them yet or met them yet, who will adore you and will accept you and would not think of you any different to who you are two seconds, two seconds ago before coming out or being able to tell people who you actually are. And yeah, and it's just, it's sad that people believe that they are their current situation and that there is no way out because there's always a different tunnel or there's a different kind of way that you can, you can always overcome what's happening in your current time. And it's not an overnight process, unfortunately, but there's always something or someone that can help you if you're willing to accept the help. I think as well, we can get lulled into such a um, kind of false sense of security and thinking um, about how progressive we now, now are as a society because of Generation Z and because of the internet. But then um, when you think about how many young kids are living in like rural Australia or places that didn't even vote yes for gay marriage, um, then you'd think like having someone like you that they can connect with online and speak to or watch would be such a huge, um, like such a huge lifeline, I guess. Yeah, exactly. What are kind of some of the downsides with sharing your life with so many strangers? Because like I just said, um, people would feel incredibly close and intimate with you, but then you don't know them. So there's kind of a bit of a disconnect there. The one thing I struggle with the most is the, the fact that I feel like there's that sense of not really grasping the notion of people who you perceive on online is not the ideal idealized version of who you've created them to be in your head because I feel like it's a high expectation to believe that whoever you adore or follow online is completely perfect when they're not. And that pressure is really, it's harmful because it creates a sense of they're not human. And it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's kind of like that when you adore like a celebrity, but you kind of look at the celebrity and they're unattainable. So you kind of don't really think that you'd ever cross paths with them or interact with them or they'll ever reply to your DM. But when I do like interact with my followers, I honestly see them as like family and as friends. And I think even though if they, if I meet them in the streets or if they come up to me, I just always feel a bit more like shy or reserved. And most of the time 
when I do hear from them online since the interaction, they'll be a bit surprised because they'll be like, I thought you're really confident or I thought that you're like really outgoing, but you're really shy and like awkward. And I guess it's just like, when they think like that, it's like, that's their own perception of how they perceive me to be like in person, which is okay. That's not really damaging to think that someone's going to be really extroverted or confident in person. They turn that they're not when you see them. But I guess the one thing that I am not really great with is keeping up with every single like DM or comment. And when people do get more aggressive about it and a bit upset, that's when it kind of like, I kind of set those boundaries where it's like, you can't, one person can't sit there and physically reply to every single thing. And as much as I would want to, it wouldn't be real on my behalf to sit there with generic messages and just copy and paste. And that's not me to do that. So just understanding that we are actually human at the end of the day, and we all just want to live and create and just be okay with ourselves as well. And we can't have our own expectations of ourselves and of other people because when they don't fit those expectations or if they slip through, I guess that's when it kind of goes to that route of being like, oh, they're not that person or they're, we could easily cancel that person because they did this, that kind of cancel culture, which can be really toxic. But yeah, I guess it's just drawing that line and just understanding that each person has their own kind of way to go about life. And we can't expect too much from them just because we see them online a lot. And we see them really active online a lot because it doesn't mean they're actually physically there. They could be posting, but it doesn't mean they're actually there, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's difficult as well because, like you say, people are getting their whole idea of who you are from what you're posting online. And obviously, like, a lot of things in your life that are maybe more serious or whatever, you just wouldn't think to post. Like, I know, for example, me and Izzy, like, we're in lockdown in London at the moment and it's really hectic and heavy here, but we wouldn't really think to talk about that on the podcast because it's just something we talk about personally but then Mm. externally it can look like we're being really like we'll make a joke about the lockdown or something and people like oh you're not taking it seriously and it's like no 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 we are we're inside 24 hours a day and we're really miserable but we just don't post that on social (laughs) media we don't talk about it on the pod because thing and you've got to kind of keep in mind that all these people are consuming you just from this little window into your life and you've got to kind of remember it's a we- it's a weird feeling and it must be weird when you have like hundreds of thousands of followers <laughs> yeah like a hundred percent and I feel like people also forget on where people are as well because a lot of the time as well I get lots of like aggressive comments or dms about just leaving the house and doing things and a lot of time I'm just like I, I we were in lockdown for most of 2020 <laughs> and Australia Melbourne is not in lockdown anymore we're allowed to leave the house and it's it's sad it's, it's like <laughs> it's sad to, it's sad to tell people that and it's like I'm sorry that you're in lockdown but we're actually allowed to yeah. leave now and I'm not going to stay in house in, inside my house if I don't have to 
if that makes sense it's also just frust yeah it's just like frustrating <laughs> it is frustrating because i feel like some people forget that there's more in the world than just their country which or just like the knee-jerk reaction is is if you see something that you think might be off like the knee-jerk reaction is to like assume the worst possible version yeah. of that instead of to wait a minute and be like oh no like aj seems really sensible i'm sure like she's not flouting lockdown the first reaction is I'm going to say something aggressive about this. It's like this really weird thing that happens online. (laughs) Exactly. It's so crazy. Um, Yeah, especially a a lot around that was, a lot of tension was around that, like especially like a week or so ago because it was my brother's wedding and I attended my brother's wedding and people angry at me for attending my brother's wedding. And yeah, I was just like, we're allowed to have weddings again here. Like it's, it's we're back to trying to get normal life and yeah and then you're not even doing anything wrong but it's like so easy to get caught up in your own head and you're like oh my god everyone's angry (laughs) at me i'm gonna get cancelled for like yeah going to my brother's wedding exactly and it's just like people just take what they see because they'll see it's a wedding and they'll assume that it's like a big wedding or they're they're doing it in secret or all of these kind of other things where it's like if you don't know the full story then don't try and twist it because you know, like a wedding could literally be with five people you never know so <laughs> it's like it's yeah I've just completely stopped um not that I have heaps of followers like you but I've just completely stopped posting on Instagram like at all I'm even like I don't even want to post me outside in case people think that I'm like doing something illegal and I might yeah. just be going to the supermarket <laughs> or something I'm like god and then now and then me and Grace were talking the other day and I was like this is so um like such a fucked up realization but I was like I think I'm feeling even worse in this lockdown because you're like not only are you cut off from other people but you're also weirdly cut off from the internet because you can't post a thing yeah exactly like even if it's like a throw like a throwback photo or like even like just on your Instagram stories or like having that connection with other people because you're like out for dinner or you're whatever yeah. and you're posting and then that's just like completely gone as well exactly it's so sad and it's also I feel like if you did something about complaining about your lockdown, everyone will create it as a opportunity to say that their lockdown is worse. Like it's a competition (laughs) and it's like, no, like we're all in this together. Like we don't need to sit here and pinpoint which country had the worst lockdown and who's still in lockdown because we all have been through it and we know what it's like yeah totally I remember a girl posted something of her at Glastonbury which is like so obviously cancelled and it was like a throwback and her comments were like you should be fucking disgusted you're killing people and she was like this is a year old (laughs) (laughs) people are nuts um so we want this kind of extends to what we were just talking about but we know that people really like stand your relationship with your boyfriend Ryan and we wanted to ask how that factors into everything we've just been talking about where people maybe feel uh ownership of your relationship or like entitled to know details that sometimes makes you feel a bit weird like what what's that process like behind the scenes yeah I feel when it comes to public couples people will treat it like they're a television or movie couple and I think it's sweet and it like it's it's not harmful doing that, but I think it becomes harmful when you put that pressure on them to do like everything together online or you suspect things 
and create all these other kinds of random stories that are literally just in somebody's head. For example, there will be people saying, like creating all sorts of different scenarios where they'll be like, I think AJ's best friend Bambi is actually in love with her and she's, they're secretly got a relationship. And it's like, it's cute, but then it's also like, that doesn't, why? <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, why? Um, because that's just your perception. There's no facts or there's no evidence. And I guess it's not that deep and people will say whatever they want online because they can. But I guess it's when people take it a bit more further and if they message like me or if they message Ryan with their own kind of thoughts about how they perceive our relationship to be or what they think that we should do with our relationship is where it kind of like the boundaries are crossed. But we just take it with the greatest soul and and we know that my followers are a younger demographic as well. So they will look up to us as something they might want in the future or they see us as like a like a ideal couple or just like just like a maybe like a fairy tale kind of couple and yeah I guess there's no harm in that but yeah it just it comes to like Ryan and I have lots of conversations and we're just open about how we feel about certain things and we just keep that between us and we just yeah we don't share everything and we keep it light and fresh because even Ryan since I started like being with him as well has become more open on social media he just he never had any kind of thoughts about creating content or doing that and now he makes a whole bunch of TikToks as well so yeah it's just about having that communication in the relationship and just knowing that you both are okay or you both are all right with what you're sharing and yeah when did you guys um meet did you meet at school um I did meet I wasn't going to school at Unimelb but I was working at Unimelb and Ryan was studying there so that's how we met cute um (laughs) it's also funny with um I feel with like couples online because we were talking to um Sophia Rowe who's like this amazing um American chef and activist and she always posts her like Mm -hmm. hot boyfriend and gorgeous kid and we were talking to her about it and she was like um because everyone stands her relationship and we were talking about it and she was like yeah it's all well and good until um he gets all these girls in his dms trying to um like steal him and I was like what (laughs) women are so like crazy yeah literally so naughty i was like i was like that's too far literally and she never she was like where are all the guys trying to steal me like that just doesn't happen (laughs) guys just don't do that but then um all these women in his dms trying to be like hey i think it goes i think actually goes surprisingly both ways like what i've noticed like ryan will get both Mm. men and women in his dms and um likewise for my dms but mostly my dms mostly women trying to um persuade me to be with them then with a lot of the time it's a, <laughs> a lot of the time it's a joke i and, love women we're like it's so, okay. it's, yeah it's so cute like i like i take it as a joke and um yeah it's really sweet but they're more respectable compared to the 
men in the DMs. They're just trash, not even worth looking at most mm-hmm. of them. But um, mm. yeah, I guess it's all, it's all fun and games until someone pushes a boundary and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's all fun and games until you get an unsolicited dick pic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which I got recently. And I was like, oh, I was about to say that. I know. I just. Was that on your Instagram DM? Someone just sent you a dick? Yeah. And it was not fun. Ugh, that's so crazy. We wanted to end by talking to you a little bit about beauty because you have such. a, a huge part of your kind of following and brand is because you do such beautiful um, beauty looks. Can you talk a bit about your relationship with beauty, how it's it kind of has helped you personally with like exploration of self and all that kind of stuff? I've always solely seen it as like a creative outlet and I've always just been inspired by what if I've been consuming around in my life like whether it's a TV shows or movies or just movies in general that kind of stuck in my mind and I've shaped my personality around kind of things. And a lot of, and most of the time, whenever I do like feel like putting makeup on, it's literally just how I'm feeling on the inside. I like to use colors that represent my mood. And, and that's exactly like what I did when I created my mini like eyeshadow palette. It was literally just colors that I would use with different kind of moods um, I'm in and to get creative with and the colors to really just make me feel like I was in some sort of like enchanted fairy tale. That's always the kind of vibe that I was I was going for. And it's always just literally coming. I believe like it's beauty comes from like it's an inner kind of feeling, which just kind of radiate, radiates and comes to the surface. So when I, when, whenever I'm in that zone and whether I'm doing like a makeup look or put, putting an outfit together, it's literally just coming from ideas or images I've seen from Pinterest or the films I've seen and just kind of piecing something together. I yeah, I feel like it's very much in like an artistic kind of process. Yeah, I'm, I'm so bad at makeup. <laughs> I'm like, today I was like, I'm, Sorry, gonna... I'm the same. Yeah, I was like, I want to start wearing fun eyeliner and like euphoria colors and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I feel like I just literally wing my makeup every single time. So it's just, most of the time it's, it's questionable and you just have to try and, pretend it looks good <laughs> i feel like yeah i feel like you can get away with it though you're like gorgeous we'll try and wing wing our makeup and your friend will be like who are these fucking clowns i was like i was like looking at you being like don't wing a colored eye isabel truman next time i see you like aj does it <laughs> did you like just start on youtube is it... <laughs> we How sound like such that? um yeah. boomers i know but i'm just curious like what were you obsessing over certain people? Or? Yeah, I I felt like when it comes to makeup, Michelle Phan was who raised me when it came to just makeup in general because like she was she was the first ever beauty guru, and her like back in the day videos were just 
exactly what I needed because it taught all the basics of just less is more and just all the artistic kind of things to do with your makeup and how to use one product for like multiple things as well because that's what I do with like my kit I literally use a lip gloss for like my lips and then put a little bit on my face to make it really shiny like it's just whatever I'm feeling you know um okay well thank you so much for talking to us we love following you online I find um I got like lost in a black hole of your YouTube clips pages ago (laughs) watching you um doing the um what's the thing chat roulette thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny um yeah and your TikToks are fab so thank you for coming and talking to us thank you so much for having me (laughs) yay have a good night have a nice evening hopefully talk to you soon bye take care come visit us in London yes I I will bye (laughs) yeah Bye. bye